You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for another Survivor Week and War episode recap. Episode four is done. We are here to recap it with a former player, and we started off this season with three former winners not on this season. So let's bring back a man who, let's be honest, is a winner in all of our hearts. Hashtag bring back Billy. Billy Garcia from Survivor Cook Islands is here to recap everything to do with what we've just seen. Lots to talk about this week. So let's get straight into it, shall we? I'm not even going to drag this out. I'm just going to shut up and go, here's Billy Garcia from Survivor Cook Islands with a slight introduction from myself first. Another week of coverage on Survivor Winners at War. Episode 4 is in the history books. And as always, plenty to talk about. Plenty of exciting things happening to digest and go over. And what better person to go over this than the man who you just know as the herpes of the Oz Network. He is the greatest survivor to ever be a survivor because we love him. He's always on this show. He will always be on this show. And he brings in the big bucks to this show because people pay for this, apparently, by downloading the episodes. I do, of course, speak of Mr. Billy Garcia from Season 13 of Cook Islands. Billy, welcome back to the Oz Network. Thank you, thank you. And uh, I, too, had a crush on poverty back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't tell her that you were in love with her, though. So, you know, nearly. Uh, you know... I, I didn't I didn't know her name. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go with the name I knew. You had to go with that other one that was with her at the same time. So yeah, no. That that's how it works. But um Winners at War. I mean we had you you were our preview man. Uh we talked a lot about this, of course, beforehand, and here we are, four episodes in. It's going by quickly, but what are you what are you thinking so far? Winners at war. Uh it's uh it's 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 uh it's a free for all um uh, for the most part which which is a good thing um uh, but I love that I was semi correct about my uh my uh uh what you call it that alliance red that I was carpet, talking about red carpet yeah. alliance the red carpet alliance yeah I was off by one person mm. Wendell is on the inside and and it's actually Kim who's on the outside oh and that's the one that hurts the most right like that's that's what the one you know deep down it's kind of it's painful, but uh, I mean, at least she's still in the game, and we had a few bad weeks there, I think, uh, with a couple that went. But um, just for our for our listeners who might not have uh, listened to the preview episode, refresh refresh our memories. The Red Carpet Alliance, you know, besides the Wendell Kim thing, who's in this Red Carpet Alliance? Well, I kind of predicted uh, just based on uh, on who knew each other outside the game and who really didn't have any connections with anybody on, on their tribe that uh, Yule and... Uh, 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 Sophie uh, and Nick were, were all going to get together. I had predicted that it would be Kim would be the other one, but it, it's actually Wendell, which is which is a uh, hey, I'll take it, man. This is this is a, a great great alliance. I hope they they make it all the way to the end, and uh, and uh, who knows, maybe in the future I'll be the Vegas odd, odd maker because I'm that good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll be getting on back on base in your Vegas predictions, getting some sort of poker alliance or something along those lines, which um, <laughs> it hasn't really worked out too brilliantly for the poker alliance, but uh, we can get to that. But, no. yeah, I mean, you mentioned Yule. Uh, he's kind of the talk of this season in many ways because we haven't seen him in so long and he's he's really adapted well. He's getting a lot of screen time. Things things are really looking good for you. You you must be pretty impressed with your man at this moment. I am impressed with you. I'm pleased with him. He's aggressive enough and passive enough. 
he's not not to not to to try to pigeonhole Asian culture into the conversation, but uh, he's very yin yang. You know, <laughs> he's he's just enough of both of 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 hard and soft and and uh, strategic and social and he's like very perfectly balanced. It's it was fascinating to see that at the beginning how he kind of mentioned he stepped away a little bit from the survivor community yet he kind of did his research and I mean I'm, I'm guessing that's just Yule like Yule's just one of those people who if he doesn't know something he's going to do his research and kind of really take it on board because he really did adapt to sort of newer survivor he's straight away he's the one who's pointing out the poker alliance I mean that that's something I didn't even know I didn't realize that that Kim Rob and <laughs> And Tyson were on a poker show, and he knew that straight away. We even got the little flashback of that a couple of episodes ago. So, I mean, from what you know of him hanging out with him or sort of knowing him from your season, I mean, is that surprising to see him be so quick to that point to kind of really just pick up on the subtleties and everything despite the fact there's such a gap between playing? I'm not surprised that he's taking a brainy approach because uh, uh, we, we, we basically know him as a politician, that's kind of the the edit that he got. Not kind of. That is the edit he got in the Cook Islands. But he, he was always a cerebral assassin. He would always try to beat you with his mind and not his muscles. So this doesn't surprise me that this is his approach. Uh, I'm pleased with it. Uh, he's he's proven everything that I've said about my season that it's the it's, it's, it's on the download one of the hardest seasons of all time. When when was the last time you actually spoke or saw you? That is a great question. There's so much of the last 14 years that's kind of blurred together. <laughs> <laughs> Living the celebrity life, uh, Billy, you know? it's Yeah. But I, I, taking a safe shot in the dark, I would say the 10-year uh, the anniversary, may, maybe one time after that, but I, it's, I might be wrong. It might be just be all the 10-year anniversary or those days around it. Is it kind of a case now? I feel like you need to send him a couple of messages and be like, "Hey, you're you're doing fantastic. You know, this is great." And and I mean, obviously, also too, Parvati is she's hanging in there as well. So, I mean, the Cook Islands returning players, you, you have a pretty good strike rate, don't you guys? When it comes to returning, you've obviously had a lot of people come back from your season. Uh, the majority of them have all come back at least three times um, or two times outside of their original season. And uh, generally, I mean, they they go pretty far. So. Despite the fact that Parvati's been in a little bit of shaky ground, it's kind of very hero's villain, isn't it, in a way? Because she sort of started off shaky in that season and managed to survive. So, um, you know, Cook, Cook Island's continuing a pretty good success rate for returning seasons. Yeah, she's totally a ninja out there. It's like everybody sees her and then they don't. <laughs> it's, there's no other way to explain it. She's a huge target, and then she disappears, and, and somebody else is a target. It's amazing. I just, uh, I'm in awe at her gameplay. She, she's truly proven herself as one of the greatest of all time. I just, it, it fascinates me every single week watching this show, and seeing that every single week it's brought up that these players are threats. And yet every single week, they're still in the game. And I mean, again, this is simple for me to sit here on a couch and essentially say this and Monday morning quarterback it. I've never played the game, so it's easy for me to say that. But Adam is saying this on our screens. He's trying to target it. We've seen what? 
every single time they've gone to tribal council, Saleh, that essentially their names have been brought up, we need to get rid of them. But then they somehow get out of it and then we don't see them even essentially going home. It was Ethan that took the fall of all the people in that alliance. Oh, so yeah. how how is this possible? Is it, is it Rob? Is it poverty? Are, they, are these players making wrong moves? I mean, how do you see all this happening? I see it as two of the greatest players working together and that just that's just too much to overcome that's insurmountable poverty and, and, and rob it seems like they just have too much experience adam this is his second time playing this is what poverty's uh fourth. uh fourth time is it yeah and then rob's fifth yep that's nine times compared to two times that's a great <laughs> that's, that's a great way of looking at it yeah that's too much that's too much that's too much experience um, so I'm not surprised that Adam is is reeling. He he thought he fixed things, and next thing you know, he's he's his head, his neck is draped across the chopping block, and he doesn't know how it happened. Uh, he uh, even he was he was admitting in one of his confessionals that he made you know a, a, an all time survivor gaffe in, in telling Rob the whole plan. But that's because Rob is that good that he can get it out of you. He can. You know, he he's almost like one of those uh those those uh FBI spies that'll that'll interrogate you when you don't even know you're being interrogated. <laughs> That's a very good point. And we we should also really straight away while we're kind of on this topic of longevity. I mean, Rob officially is the record holder now for most days ever played in Survivor. He's he's broken Aussie's record wow. now. I believe he's up to 129 days. So congratulations wow. to to Rob for for passing that achievement. But I don't, I mean, you and I were on this page. I don't think many of us thought he would last this long in this game, and particularly for the fact that his tribe has gone to tribal council three times, and he survived all three tribal councils. And and I, I remember in the preview episode, we for sure thought he was gone. He was like the first gone, and here he is. And we're about to have a tribe swap, and you wouldn't put him past him to make the merge, which is is all kinds of crazy. Because we know with Boston Rob, he's kind of he's a fifty fifty player. He's generally either just going to sort of go at you know just before the halfway point, or he's going to make it to the end. And he's four times based on that strike rate. So, I mean, plenty of time for him to go before the merge still. But I mean, who knows? Just he keeps surviving. Well, we correctly predicted that Rob's tribe would lose more more than they win. Uh, we we uh, we we hit a home run on that one, um, but Rob, I mean, what we missed was we kind of predicted that he and Poverty would would work together just out of necessity. What we underestimated was was putting the two of them together, just how amazing they would be. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, we uh, we we just assumed that uh, the numbers would be insurmountable. And the two of them are proving that, at least when they're together, that nothing is insurmountable. And if they stick together with this tribe swap, man, uh, I don't know, man. Once they make the merge, how, how can you stop them? <laughs> I just, uh, I just, wow, they they are really showing what, you know, what what uh, we all knew that they could do. We just. I don't know. I'm still in, I'm still incredulous, even though we all know they're that good. Which it, it, it is interesting, though, isn't it? Because you're right. It's it's not like we don't go into a season like this knowing they're not great players of the game. They're legends for a reason. It's just it's easy to assume that people are going to have that huge target on their back based purely on that reason, and yet you know we've seen so much, particularly with some of those earlier episodes when Rob is you know that shutdown of Ben walking along the beach and you know sort of 
throwing Adam under the bus and turning things around and basically telling people how this is going to go down and getting people to empty their bags out at tribal council, not to idols. I mean, this is just... It's beyond ridiculous how great this is to watch. And, like, I've never been a huge Boston Rob fan, but I am in absolute awe watching him this season. It's so much yeah. fun. It is just so incredible. And I don't know if this is a lot of maybe Rob's just going out there knowing that he's in the shit, so, like, let's have some fun with it. And it's actually working for him, so he's just going to keep playing this way. You know, I, I think what we're seeing is because he and Poverty are, are, you know, are playing this game basically with their back to the wall since the beginning. Uh, I think we're seeing them empty out the bag of tricks, stuff that we've never seen them do before. And and uh, it's it's since we've never seen them do it before, I think these these players are kind of getting caught with their pants down. They're they're getting they're getting surprised by uh, these different tactics that uh, uh, even though I said in a preview episode that poverty is a chameleon, she can adapt like she never plays the same way twice. And uh, we're seeing that again with her. I think this is the first time we're seeing Rob really use like deception and and, and make up stories and and so uh, I think that's catching a lot of the the his tribe mates uh, off guard and maybe uh, maybe this could be one of the the greatest uh, greatest wins of all time where two players who were who were basically dead to rights since the beginning just go to the end and how do you pick a winner between the two? Yeah. Imagine if somehow we had a final three, it was Rob, Poverty, and Sandra. I mean, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) That would just be insane. (laughs) Just just to put this in perspective, uh, when when, uh, when, uh, uh, Russell Hance played his third time, it's like the tribe was willing to lose on purpose to take him out because that's how – that's how formidable Russell Hans had become with his reputation, and uh, and even when he went over and played the Australian uh, version, it, he was still a massive target, and they were coming gunning right at him, and they got him both times. And here's here's poverty and Rob, and nobody can get them. Yeah, and it's not like they're pulling idols left and right. It's just they're just maneuvering old school Survivor style, which is crazy because like you would argue that of all the players out there. It's maybe only Tony who's kind of the only one who's kind of changed his approach to this game. Because, I mean, Rob, it's not like Rob and Parvati are doing super different. I mean, Parvati maybe a little bit more just because, you know, she's sort of not in a position she's used to being. But as you said, she's a, she's a chameleon. She adapts to the position around her. So, I mean, it's it's kind of it's fascinating to see that of all these players, it's maybe only Tony that you would argue is has changed their approach to the way they usually or we've seen them play the game in the past. Yeah, yeah, Tony. Tony had to because uh, uh, Tony's reputation got him got him taken out really early the last time he played, and so he's he's having to uh, to 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 uh, overcome his own reputation, and he's doing it. It's working. Yeah. But uh, yeah, some of these second time players, you know, it's it's kind of hard to say because I would say Yule is playing differently in that he's much more aggressive. He's not the He's not the uh, let 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 other people have their say, and then he'll come in and be the politician and and make it sound like it was everybody's idea. You know, he's being more aggressive and he's calling people out like he did with the poker alliance. So he's playing a bit different. Um, but yeah, I would 
I would and and Sophie, I would say she's more aggressive this go around as well. Mm. It's it's a good point. And also, like someone like Kim, when we see her, um, I mean, she obviously in that very first yeah. episode has had to kind of work from the back foot. She's used to sort of being in power, and she said, like, now I've got to work from the bottom. So, um, and but it's it's, it's obviously very hard to read what's happening with her because we're not seeing her outside of her finding the idol a couple of weeks ago. We we haven't really seen her, have we? No, no, but I think that's on purpose. I think she's trying to go under the radar. And because she went under the radar, Tyson stood out like a like a black bean on a plate of white rice. Like <laughs> <laughs> there was nowhere to hide. <laughs> it's um just just quickly on Saleh though, because I mean, for once we're actually gonna be talking not about Saleh uh, on this episode, we'll talk about Dakar, but just on the sort of the alliance of four that we had kind of taking out Ethan, which again we're still slowly recovering from, aren't we? Um, you know, with uh, Ben, Denise, Jeremy and Michelle. How how are you liking that alliance? I mean, Jeremy's a particularly interesting one. He was straight on the bottom, and he's kind of just worked his way into this sort of group of four now. Um, a lot of people are giving Michelle plaudits right now, saying she's in a really good position. Uh, ben, I mean, he's been a little bit bipolar all over the place. And then there's Denise, yeah. who kind of is getting a very odd edit, but she's obviously got an idol in her back pocket. I mean, how, how are you liking this four? Do you think if they can sort of stay intact at a tribe swap that this is a four that could go deep? No, nah, I think they're dysfunctional. Uh, and there's a lot of cracks in this, the armor of this alliance. Uh, you mentioned Ben being very all over the place, and he's neither here nor there, and his his opinion sways almost with the wind. And uh, and and Adam is is basically uh, uh, public enemy number one amongst his own alliance. <laughs> he's they're there there. If they would have went to tribal council, like the odds were heavily in favor of Adam being the one going. So, so yeah, I'm not um, I'm not impressed with the uh, what maybe impressed is not the good word for it. I'm not the uh, uh, I don't have a whole lot of faith in this alliance. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I just don't don't see them keeping it together, even if they they manage to stay on the same same tribe, which I don't think will happen. And I also think too that Jeremy's someone, as you said, they're kind of a bit fractured. I, I think Jeremy's definitely not loyal to this alliance. Jeremy's just kind of doing it what he can to yeah. survive. I mean, Natalie comes back, which I mean, let's be honest, it looks like she is. She's kicking ass on that island. Um, she, she's just insane. Wow, what a beast! But um, I mean, I, Jeremy Jeremy's a real wild card. I feel uh, because he really doesn't have ties to anyone except for natalie and if natalie doesn't come back in the game then you know it's just jeremy can go any direction so uh yeah he's kind of in a very interesting position i think yeah he's the biggest free agent on all sides right now uh they were not loyal to him because they took out his number one his ride or die and natalie anderson so why would he stay loyal to the people who weren't loyal to him Mm. he's just saying what he has to say to the not for it not to be him and uh, I think uh, once there's a swap, which is what we're going to get, uh, I expect him to make new arrangements. And once there's a merge, I expect him to make new arrangements yet again if he makes it that far. So, yeah, he's the biggest free agent. Everything they feared about Tyson, I think is going to be Jeremy. And the perfect thing with Jeremy, too. I mean, he, he made the Meat Shield strategy famous, didn't he? And, I mean, we've still got Boston Rob out there. We've still got Sandra. We've still got, you know, these big names out there that are still, while not being targeted, are still their names coming up. Jeremy's name hasn't come up since the very first one. And, you know, swap happens, as you said. There's plenty of people he can work with. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think Jeremy Jeremy's sitting quite well in this game to go deep. Yeah, and he could work with those very people that you just mentioned. Yeah, because they're gonna need 
they, they're going to want people to, to, you know, or need people to jump side to come help them get further in the game. So, Jeremy, you know, my, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. So he'll be in a perfect position to take advantage of that. DeCal, Tyson, gone. Um, oh. <laughs> it's, you're, you're a Tyson fan. You're sad to see him go? Uh, he's entertaining. Uh, he's uh, And then we were seeing a little bit of a different side to him. He was being, uh, you know, talking about his family and, and, and what he was missing from home and all that. So he wasn't being his usual outrageous, over-the-top, you know, wave his ding dong in people's faces, kind of kind of player. <laughs> he was he was a much more mature, but in a good way, you know. And he was he was somebody that uh, that uh, people at home could relate to much more. So yeah, uh, in the same way, not maybe not in the same way as Ethan, because Ethan was was probably everybody's everybody's. Uh, We're still crying about. Uh, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan was, but you know, he's still he's still here. He's still here. He's in. And uh, he's still in uh, the uh, in the running here because his heart. In fact, we'll get to that when you want to get to we it. But his will. heart, yeah, his heart was was on display, you know, in a beautiful way. But yeah, Tyson, you know, uh, it'll be interesting his dynamic with that group. Uh, I just we see. I just don't see him like with Ethan and and um, and cheese. Uh, it's been very old school, let's say, with the exception of Natalie Anderson. It's very old school. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, he, he doesn't fit. Do you feel it was the right decision to take out Tyson, sort of, uh, you know, rather than Nick? Do you think kind of that Tony was worried, of course, getting back to the meat shield kind of thing, that by taking Tyson out, <laughs> he's all of a sudden got this target on his back? Um, or do you kind of think at the end of the day, this was Sandra just getting her way because it's Sandra somehow? <laughs> Well, first of all, yeah, Sandra's that great of a player. Secondly, <laughs> uh, I think Tony, playing a different game, he had to take a step back, and he couldn't force what he wanted because he's playing a different game. And then, let's be honest, that red carpet alliance that I keep harping on wields a lot of power. Yeah, that's very true. It, I mean, it, was, it was just fascinating, <laughs> I think, to kind of, like as you said, Tony – we had that confessional, didn't he, about kind of just like how he's trying to like weigh this decision up. And it's it speaks volumes to the type of player that Tony is. I mean, I, I already rank him as one of the best players of all time. I don't sort of factor game changers really into it. But like I, I think kind of through all of what we're talking about with the Robs and the Parvities and the Sandras, you know, this is to me showing the, the ability that Tony has and also that ability he has to adapt and that's something we didn't see in Game Changers. We're seeing this now. I mean, I'm right. loving the fact that he's working with Sarah now, you know, somebody who he worked with initially, kind of got taken out and then back to it there. It's just, it's just a fascinating dynamic with Tony. And I'm, I'm loving seeing this development of him as a player and still also be wildly entertaining. I mean, again, God, that ladder from a couple of weeks ago, one of the funniest scenes in all of Survivor history. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's just... He never fails to impress me when it comes to just a mixture. He ticks all the boxes, Tony. Yeah, and he moves the needle. He's he's just uh, he's 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 gold. He's, he's TV gold. He's he's fun to watch. It, it doesn't really matter what he's doing. Even even if his tribe were to take the day the the the, the episode off, they just need to show him for for a few minutes, and it'd be total gold. So yeah, Tony's a, is wildly entertaining and. It's good. It's it's good luck for us viewers that he's still in the game. Uh, 
Having said that, I, I, I am really, really concerned with, with this swap. Because of all the people that it could hurt the most, it could hurt Tony the most. Because mm. he's, he's so polarizing. You either love him or you don't. <laughs> you know, there's no middle ground with Tony. So, yeah, what if he gets around people that are Russell Handsome and say, oh, we can't keep him around. This guy, he'll, he'll build a spy shack and, he'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll come up with a bunch of excuses of things he's done in the past. And So that's my concern. I'm worried about that. I wonder how a Rob and Tony dynamic would go. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. That would be gold to watch. <laughs> like, I want them to See, work together, think... but can they work together? <laughs> See, I don't think poverty would put up with him for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so if poverty's in the mix, that's it for Tony. But, uh, yeah, if, if, Rob, if Rob and poverty get separated, that would be interesting because Rob would have to just go with whomever's there. And if Tony's there... But yeah, I I just I still I, I just worry about him because look at what, what Rob is good at this season. He's good at throwing people under the bus and saying this person's a threat to you. Mm. Tony would be ideal to say that about. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. It's it's interesting that we are getting a switch because we talked a bit about this with Bob last week about how maybe we're not going to get one. Maybe this is going to be heroes versus villains. And I, for one, personally would have preferred that in a weird way because we you know uh, switches. A kind of common now it's sort of it'll almost be the twist not to have a switch but again you can also see <laughs> why they're doing it you know so i mean are you are you glad we're having a, a switch would you have preferred them maybe to wait another week to see if they could have evened them out sort of you know having lost three apiece perhaps see i'm conflicted because the fan in me wants to see the switch only for the reason of that now we get to see a different different uh players you know, playing with with players that we've never seen before. Well, we'll see combinations that you know is, is the stuff of, of fan fiction. Um, but the the survivor player in me wanted to see how all this stuff played out. Like, could Rob and, and Poverty keep this going? Could could Adam make a comeback? Especially after what we saw in the challenge. Yeah. Like, if there's anybody that has a comeback in him, it's Adam. So. Yeah, I would have liked to see how that played out, but at the same time, you know, crap, we, we're gonna we're gonna get to see some combinations we've never seen before. Yeah, for sure, um, absolutely agree, and I think it's gonna be interesting. Like, uh, I mean, do we know if we're just getting a, a simple swap of of two tribes and they're just gonna like send an extra person away for a night, or are, are we getting a three tribe swap given that there's fifteen left? I mean, I don't know if that people know i mean i i didn't read the the preview next week uh, sort of it didn't really show much more outside of that so because i mean we've got uneven numbers so i mean how are they going to do that swap yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping that it's three tribes and uh uh last season we got we we had the uh the merge start at 13 mm. which was the earliest is uh to ever start so maybe this swap would only last two two rounds and then two eliminations and then, um, you know, then we get the uh, the whole thing of who's going to battle back or something like that. Yeah. When was our, our last swap to three tribes? Was that uh, Game Changers? Have we had it after Game Changers? Mm, that's a good question. I'm pretty sure. You're testing my memory. Yeah, here. no, I'm, t- I'm testing my memory too because, I mean, you know, again, I, I constantly say that the last few seasons have all blended into me. But um, yeah. Heroes Healers Hustle started as three. Uh, Ghost, uh, no, Ghost Island went to three. Uh, there you go. 
Um, so there that answers my question. Um, and did David v. Goliath Roger of Extinction? Uh, yeah, David Goliath did. So there you go. Okay, so it's been it's, it's actually been more common recently than uh, other ones recently. So. Um, Perhaps. But they don't last long, which, no, is, which is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and Edge of Extinction did as well. So, okay. So, basically, <laughs> pretty much all the Everybody. last 10 seasons have done it. <laughs> all of them. There you so, go, So, it's far for the core. Yes. So, so, we got to expect that the yeah. odds are it's going to be three tribes then. Which... You have to expect. I mean, this is, again, like, I like your, your line there you said about sort of this fan fiction. Because, you know, what if we get a tribe? It's, it's Parvati, Rob, Sandra, Kim, Tony. Like, oh, that's wow. your tribe. Like, holy crap. Please don't lose if that yeah. is a tribe. Like, I do not want that tribe <laughs> to lose at all because I do not want any of them going home. Um, but, I mean, it, it is. I'll tell you what, Sandra won't be able to sit out no matter what no. tribe she ends up on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I mean, it's, you bring that up, actually. I, I want to talk about the challenge, but just on Sandra, it is interesting to see this social media reaction to her sitting out because – this is, again, this sort of day and age of Survivor where we've got maybe the majority is this new school fan base now. And they right. aren't used to Sandra. They haven't seen her in a while because we didn't really get to see the extent of Sandra in Game Changers as we did in Heroes, Villains and Pearl Islands. You're, you're of my mould. You're of this old school mould. Like, it's kind yeah. of frustrating to see these people react to Sandra the way they are. Because right? this is Sandra. This is who she is. Yeah, and to all the new fans, let me just say, just because you don't see something on the screen, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. It's like everybody on her tribe was very aware that Sander was going to sit out. So that means this was decided beforehand. It was, yeah. She so tweeted even that out too. She, she, like, she put oh, it, there you go. She either tweeted or put it on social media somewhere that it was like, yeah, decided the day before, essentially. So so essentially, the the the, the tribe is telling her, like, we want you to sit. What's she going to do? Go against the tribe? Wouldn't that put an even bigger target on her back? If the tribe wants her to sit, she's got to do it. She doesn't have a choice. You have to play along. And then, you know, it's, it's, when you play Survivor, it's, it really is a game of pick your battles. You can't have it all your way. That's something we learned in the old school. Every time somebody tried to be the big boss, they were the, you know, they would basically get crucified at some point during the game before the merge. They would make the merge. So... Yeah, Sandra can't play the big boss. She has to go along with what the tribe wants now so that she can get what she wants later. And she got what she wanted. She got Tyson out. So so guess what? It worked out perfect. So how so how upset can you be with her when she 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 basically orchestrated her what she called her her biggest, you know, her her biggest worry and her biggest threat in the game. Yeah. To to, to get eliminated. So yeah, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't chastise sandra because it worked out and that's the beauty of sandra too is that it's kind of she has this just level about her where essentially she gets what she wants a majority of the time like you know we clearly saw that like you know she wanted tyson out we had that a week ago kind of like laying the foundations and boom she's gone uh, he's gone sorry but then it's also like the, the whole challenge aspect of it I mean, challenges haven't really been that relevant in Survivor for a very long time, so it's also like it doesn't really <laughs> affect it that much. And I think a lot of people, too, are questioning, you know, they generally don't allow the same players to sit out in back-to-back challenges, but I think the rules have been lapsed on a season like this where they sort of combine the reward with the immunity, so kind of that's not really a rule at this stage. So, And, like, also, yeah, too, the, the, with that challenge, no offence to Sandra, I love Sandra, but Sandra would not have been good in that challenge. 
No, she wouldn't have. And the rule is when there is both a reward and an immunity challenge within the same elimination round, you can't sit the two of them back to back. Right. But if let's say let's say there was reward and immunity uh, going on in the same round, you would you could sit out the re- immunity challenge and you could sit out the reward challenge in the next one mm-hmm. because those are in two separate elimination rounds. Yep. So the rule is if there's two challenges in the same elimination round, then you can't sit them out back to back. And that's not what's going on here. Yeah. We're getting one challenge in an elim- el- elimination round. So, yeah, she's fine. And then not only that, but you know what's relevant about, about challenges in, in modern Survivor is that you can find advantages on the bench. You'd rather I would rather be on the bench feeling around the bench so you can buy me a clue or something than being on a challenge of burning everything I got and then having nothing come to merge. That's a very good point. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like that's that's yeah. one thing I, I actually do, you know, like and you know, I'm not the biggest fan of advantages every five seconds, but like I do actually like the challenge ones where they've got to risk it to kind of get a, a, a an idol underneath, you know, platform B or something like that. Like it actually is quite entertaining um and it's actually it's one thing that has to be said too about this season as well bar the first episode or two i mean this season has not relied on idols i mean god we we know sandra's got one we know denise has got one we know kim's got one but outside of that like we're not seeing idol hunting you know we're not seeing this the fire tokens kind of have taken this place but um even then the fire tokens actually haven't played a huge deal in this game yet at least anyway no i think uh I think we probably where it's probably going to uh, play a role is when everybody that's in the extinction gets their shot. Like you're probably going to buy a better shot, a better shot that, at coming back. Um, having said that, don't we have a player this season in Sarah that took advantage of there being a a, a, a clue in the bench area of the setting? They got a challenge where uh, she saw she saw that there was some sort of a, a clue there, and she ended up. Uh, gaining an advantage and using that to win the game. True, very true. Yeah, so yeah, and that she has bench. that advantage again, doesn't she? She's got the you know the the same the advantage after sneaking through the, the camp, so she's got it in her back pocket. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah. So there's a lot there's a lot more to Survivor than than challenges. I, I this isn't an MTV reality show. This is this is uh, <laughs> you know this is Survivor, not the challenge. So it's not all about winning challenges. I'm sorry, the challenges are 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 important in that you don't go to tribal council. That's great that you win immunity, but it's also mostly an excuse to vote someone out if you need the excuse. If you don't need the excuse, then that. Yeah. Like they didn't really need the excuse for Tyson, really, because it was what Sander wanted. Hundred percent, hundred percent. One thing though, I will say though about the challenge this week was, I mean, that is one of the biggest comebacks I think we've all seen in Survivor history. Prope said it. That that was that was beyond insane. How how badly um, you know it swayed from one side to the other, and just I I've never seen anything like that before. So fantastic there to to, to see that. You know that was very entertaining. Uh, but all that was made possible by by Adam's heart. Yeah. <laughs> which is, it, without which is so interesting that kind of like we saw poverty and all that have an attempt and then basically they just sat out and then they just let adam keep doing it i was actually i mean again editing is editing i'm sure poverty and that did attempt more than we actually saw but i if they didn't oh, sure. it was fascinating that they just all still sat there and let adam keep going which again he got a good redemption arc anyway out of it yeah i mean i've only i've only ever played in two tribe immunity challenges 
but both of the first one was well over an hour long and the second one was nearly an hour long so just judging on those two uh, i just assumed that all these uh tribe challenges go a long long time and then we we only see it on screen for you know seven eight ten minutes at the most um so so yeah but having said that i mean Adam basically kept them in it, and then that allowed for the comeback to happen without Adam. So he, he's that little comeback, you know, could if they'd have went to tribal, that little comeback probably would have, or at least would have gave him a chance to save his own butt. And uh, yeah, I. More importantly, he 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 didn't go to tribal because he wasn't looking good. Yeah. So. Yeah, he, if he if he wins, we're gonna look at this challenge and say he won this season on that challenge. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> incredible performance. It really, really was. Edge of Extinction. Now, a lot of talk around this week comes uh, down to the fact that this was too long and that we shouldn't be seeing this. I'll, I'll say that separately for a moment for the discussion point. But this was a really amazing sequence that we saw first of all props to the challenge department for a really brutal challenge i mean survivor is just based around endurance challenges these days but let's be honest i mean this they go for an hour like this isn't palau you know where they're there for 11 hours you know this is they're not like they used to be but this is the first challenge i've seen in a very long time where they really like gave them such an incredibly tough challenge and through all of this, I mean, it was it was beautifully shot to see the determination from all four of them, and obviously the stuff around Ethan just to to just keep pushing through it. I mean, again, we'll talk about the whole element of are we seeing this too long in just a moment? But like this was just I this this made the episode for me. This was incredible to watch, and a, a real old school vibe for me of Survivor, real characterization. Pushing themselves through really hard conditions, something that we just don't often see too much in Survivor. So, yeah, I, I really love this. This sequence was probably the most old school sequence we've had in about 10 years, maybe more. Uh, this challenge was all day because literally the time limit was nightfall. Yeah. That was the time limit. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. And then Ethan's heart on display. That that's basically why he's there because he's got heart. Because this guy, you know, he already won and he's played twice. He was an all star. He had nothing to prove. He had a great, great legacy. He beat cancer. He comes back to play again, and it, we got to see his heart. Holy smokes! It, it, it and then what I loved was the camaraderie that came with it. We're on his last trip. Everybody else goes up to that last trip with him. We all know they're all exhausted, and yet they still make the trip with him. So, yeah, this is, to, you know, uh, anybody that poo-pooed on this, you know, <laughs> F you. I loved, I loved what we, what we got. <laughs> I loved what we got. <laughs> That's the best saying I think I've ever heard you say, Billy. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it's a conflicting one because, like, there are definitely episodes where it kind of feels pointless to see them on there but at the same time like i'm glad we do because again this was just incredible to watch and i think that this is very similar to to blood versus water when we had redemption island return you know first time at least with redemption island that was the third time it come back but like yeah first time with redemption island you're kind of a bit miffed about it like, oh what is this like you know this is taken away from the game but it improved and i think that this is what edge of extinction is doing 
I'm not an advocate for Edge of Extinction. I don't want this to be part of the game. But seeing it this time around, I think, is a lot better than the first time around. And whether that just is down to the fact that we've got some great characters on Edge and we want to keep seeing them, I just, I don't know. There's something different about it this time around that I personally don't mind. Because, I mean, again, I love Ethan. Danny was my winner's pick. She's gone. I love Amber. Oh, Natalie's okay. fantastic to watch, and she's killing it on there. So, you know, I, I, am, I am not complaining that I'm getting to see these people uh, still on my screens every week. Well, let me say this. What if this was all part of the master plan? Like, because we know Survivor is very good at planning. Uh, the whole, you know, every season's planned out. It doesn't, none of it happens by accident, uh, the challenges and the twists and whatever. Um, so what if the master plan was, let's, let's do Edge of Extinction a season early so we could work out all the bugs. And then when we have our greatest players in the game and we have Edge of Extinction, we have it all figured out and it'll, it'll be awesome to watch. That's a good point. You yeah. Know, yeah. So... If, if it really happened that way, you know, standing ovation to to the powers of be of, of Survivor. Yeah, uh, they they hit a grand slam. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point, actually. I, I mean, do you see anyone but Natalie right now coming back? Because I mean, Jesus Christ, again, she's just absolutely uh, murdering it on there. It, she's murdering on it, but after seeing Ethan's heart on display, I would put nothing past him. True. It's which is going to be interesting because I mean, God, if Ethan gets back in the game, like. That's dangerous because he's Ethan. <laughs> Everyone loves Ethan, but it's kind of, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's it's tricky to kind of really work it out. I mean, God, based on my winner's pick, still, I'd love Danny to come back in the game because, you know, come on, I still want to try and be right once in US Survivor. <laughs> um, and she did, she did get voted out in the same week that Chris got voted out in Edge of Extinction. So, look, just saying, you know, statistically True. speaking. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, like, also, like, with that sequence, too, I love the fact that, you know, when each of them sort of finished, like, Natalie just had to go in the ocean. She just had to, like, break down. Amber just collapsed and broke down. Uh, Danny, the badass that she is, she was all like, yeah, no, I'm cool. Um, but it's still, like, yeah, it's, it's it was great to kind of see all that. And actually, the one shot that I really liked, too, uh, which I didn't even realize, over in Dakar, when they were able to actually see Edge of Extinction, they could kind of actually oh, see it over there. And Sophie had that great confessional yeah. about how, you know, we got taken to prison when we were young and shown this as a thing not to do. So that that's great. I actually love the fact that they can see Edge of Extinction. Yeah, my season, we could actually see Exile Island. Oh, wow. We got to see Yeah, Exile Island had that big ship that was that, that wreckage, that mm-hmm. ship wreckage, and it was very visible from, from the I2 island. And so we would see it, and we, this one day, we had this really, really massive low tide, really massive, to where it was clear we could have walked over there if we wanted to. Wow. It was that low tide. But, uh, yeah, th- those were different times. I think uh, in modern times, we could have just, just ran over there and the producers would have let it happen. But um, on, on, on Cook Island, it was Ozzy that, that kind of, what's the word, uh, what phrase I'm looking for? He kind of took the rules and kind of wiped his butt with it and went over to a different tribe. And they hung out with a different tribe on their island in Cook Islands, if you remember. I do, um, yeah. Guatemala yeah, too, yeah, didn't they? They did that as well. Didn't they like uh, get their boat and go over to the other camp in Guatemala as well? Hmm, I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, Guatemala, I think, was all landlocked, so I don't think they went on a boat. I think that was Cook Islands. Mm, so yeah, uh, possibly. I'm, I'm getting mixed up. I, I, I know they had, like, a little lakey thing. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, because there was definitely a part of Guatemala where they kind of had a caged little area for the water 
because there was like a reward maybe. So maybe that's what I'm thinking of and they were invited people over. There was definitely some element of that. But um, I remember actually in, a, in an interview with, um, might have been Bubba on Vanuatu, he told the story about how he snuck out of camp and basically made it to the other tribe and it wasn't filmed or anything like that, <laughs> but uh, he kind of broke out. And I think even Earl told the story about he kind of snuck out and had a bit of a... Uh, by himself moment on on Fiji as well. So there's there's a few cases where I love hearing these little stories of you know people you know bridging the rules a little bit on Survivor and kind of doing their own thing. Yeah, definitely in Cook Islands we got to see it play out with Cowboy basically talking the ears off of the other tribe if you remember mm-hmm. where uh, he's, he's telling this long winded story and the edit would show like the sun. The sun setting, and you know, it was really funny to see. We had that with uh, Nora last season, didn't we? Didn't they do like something with like the the sun going down? Was that Nora? Was that last yeah. season? Yeah, I might have been. Yeah. Oh, it's it's great. I like. Yeah, I do love it when they kind of play up to this little bit and kind of you know do that. It's 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 very clever. Actually, I mean, the editing. I will say this season, the thing that I've been enjoying with it is that you know Survivor often plays the red herring. You know, kind of th- throws things out there to make you think that a certain tribe's going to lose and that. But for the last two episodes, I for sure thought. The opposite tribe was going to lose because like this week i for sure thought that Saleh was losing in and adam was gone kind of with that whole opening sequence yeah like because like again i know they do this often but like to me it's kind of been a little bit more obvious this season and then last week to carl uh, i for sure thought tyson was going home that week because of just the way they were just doing so heavy on that tyson situation with sandra so and the ethan vote out was very much a viewer blindside as well so i think kind of they've actually yeah. they've done quite well with the editing this season i have to say yeah, I think this season uh, the survivor powers that be from top to bottom have stepped up their game. Uh, everything from the game elements and uh, they're doing just enough of it and then not too much of it. Yeah. Like you were mentioning earlier, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, how how Edge of Extinction has really has really been a a a, uh, a bonus and not just all right. Well, here they are. They're just there. <laughs> you know, we really don't want to see any of these people win. It was work just the opposite, where Ethan, Ethan, and Natalie Anderson are going to be two players that we're we're all going to be rooting for when that moment comes. We want to see one of them get back in the game, and just overall from top to bottom, this this season, uh, the Survivor Powers that be is really is really stepped up, and they're they're hitting one out of the park after another. Can they keep this up season after season? Uh, my fingers are crossed, but woof. This is going to be a tough season to top already. For sure. I mean, gosh, we, we often see, don't we, a post-All-Star season, we kind of get a bit of a fizzer. Uh, at least eventually they get a, a cult following. You know, Vanuatu, Nicaragua, you know, at the time were not liked, but eventually I think they've kind of come around. Korong and, and Heroes, Healers, Hustlers, I think maybe are the different ones because we just had those two seasons very much close to each other in the in the 30s. But, um, yeah, it's... um. I think universally this has been a, a very well-liked, appreciated season early on. Um, and, I mean, I'm hooked every week. I'm counting down the minutes every single time I get to see this. I mean, we're in the, <laughs> we're in the midst of Australian Survivor All-Stars at the moment, which is really starting to fade out in terms of its quality. I don't know if you're watching it. But, um, yeah, at the moment with the US one, I'm, I'm not losing interest in the slightest. Uh, my sister loves Australian Survivor, by the way. Uh, but, yeah, I... Yes, American Survivor. This season has me hooked. I watched anyways, even when it's really bad, and I try to find positive things to say. But this is so easy to say positive things about. Hundred <laughs> percent. This is this is so good. This is uh, be- you know, it was we we all knew that uh, 
an all winter seasons on paper would sound awesome. Yeah. It's uh, to me it, it's living up to the hype. Yeah, hundred percent. I I completely agree with you. And I'm still hoping for that mid season twist, of course, where we realise that the other uh, you know, eighteen winners that didn't get invited are all of a sudden are on another island and they've been playing a secret game. Uh, you know, and all of a sudden Brian Hardick comes in and he wins for a second time, you know. Surprise uh, <laughs> We did mention fan fiction. <laughs> yes, exactly. Very true. Now before we get to some listed questions, two quick little questions that you know are coming your way, Billy. First of all, Who's winning this season right now? Your preseason pick was Kim. Now, she's still in the game. Uh, but, yeah. of course, my preseason pick, Danny, sadly, is sort of nearly out. But uh, winner's pick. Are you, are you changing it right now? Well, my dark horse was poverty, if you remember. Yes, I do. And I, and I had Yule as as my number two behind behind Kim that he would lose by a vote, if you remember. Uh, yeah. I think I think I gotta put Kim aside and move the other two up. Wow! I gotta I gotta drop Kim back to the dark horse spot and move the other two up and say you'll be my winner's pick. Poverty is be is my second ranking, and then my dark horse is now Kim. She she dropped the third place. I really just I'm just I'm just fingers crossed. Like I honestly thought Kim was probably gonna get voted out this week. Honestly, based on my track record, the fact that I lost like fucking Amber, oh. you know, Ethan and Danny consecutive weeks. Um, so I swear Kim was going this week. But um, I just I just want to see her. I want to see this you know pick up. Like it's kind of. Uh, it's, it, but th- there was a hidden scene, which if no one's seen it, um, Kim shared it on her social media, actually, and I think Sarah also was kind of uh, tweeting a lot about it, um, where Kim basically has a confessional saying about how she went into this time around wanting to open herself up a little bit more, you know, and not be afraid to cry and kind of, you know, not be completely game body. And it's it's a really beautiful scene between her and Sarah where Kim essentially just breaks down and cries and talks about her children and just kind of, you know, how she's missing them and everything. So little hidden scenes like that, which, you know, are really, really great. And obviously we can understand why they're not fitting into the episode. But um, I also really strongly uh, recommend any listener out there who doesn't follow these winners on social media uh, to do so because they are sharing these scenes. Ethan shared a a hidden scene a couple of weeks ago. It was a funny one about him regurgitating food to kind of make it better. And, you know, again, just little scenes that are actually quite funny and (laughs) entertaining. So, um, yeah, definitely check that Kim one out because I think Kim's making a bit of fun of it that she's not being seen at the moment she she paid close attention to the one scene we saw of kim this week was her chopping a piece of wood and she said she did a very good job chopping that piece of wood nice nice <laughs> well uh you know this this tribe swap might uh might help kim out who knows she might go there's been so many tribe swaps in the past where somebody goes from the outhouse to the penthouse true so uh very yeah true. she That's might a great be, way of looking she might at be it. this yeah she might be this season's this season's big winner of the swap. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's why I'm not I'm right I'm not writing her off, but I have to be honest with what we've seen so far. Yule is looking damn good. Yeah, hundred percent agree. <laughs> like it's just it's and yeah, like I if I had to say a winner pick right now, I would I would hundred percent say Yule. Absolutely, because and it's also that again, I'm terrible at reading the edit, but. I think it's kind of also that consistency that we're seeing him getting screen time. I think last season. I was so adamant that a woman was going to win that season. So, But when Tommy started to get a pick-up in the edit, I was kind of like, oh, Tommy's getting shown a lot. So I'm kind of like, oh, you know, if a man was going to win, it would be Tommy. And then eventually, obviously, he did win. But, like, I think that if you read into that side of things, 
it would be someone like you. But at the same time, like the thing also that I we're talking about the editing, how they've done a really good job this season. I think back to Heroes vs. Villains, Sandra got a pretty invisible edit in the first few episodes, if you remember. So, um, you know, maybe all star seasons are done differently. I'm not too sure when it comes to that sort of thing because we know these people, they're going to be showing these bigger characters a lot more. But having said that, you'll, again, great edit. He's playing well. I I would be Yule right now. So, yeah, I would say as far as reading the edit, I think with this season all the gloves are off. Yeah. Like you can't you, you can't treat it like like a like an, any other season. Like Kim's in with a chance, Every- Billy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the, this season, uh, you know, you have so many big characters; they're all winners, so you can't really go by it. Um, and, and, and Kim, I think because. Her name came up so much in the early going. She's she's being forced to go under the radar. I, I don't think this is a choice that she's making. It's, oh, well, it's a choice, but I don't think it's like her first choice. I think she's having to do it because, you know, you do what you have to to survive. And we'll see how this swap works out for her. We could see, be seeing a lot more of her. She, we might see her, her revert back to her old self and start start being a mastermind. Very true. And if she gets voted out next week, uh, I'm blaming you. I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to say that. Um, <laughs> it's not actually your up. fault. But um, <laughs> but the other question before we get to listening questions as well, as you know, we rate our episodes each week here on the Oz Network. Our renting system, of course, our rating system, sorry, sorry is buy it, rent it, bin it. Uh, what are you going to do with this week's episode, Billy? Are we buying it, renting it, or binning it? So far, this entire season has been one big buy for me, and it continues with this last episode. 100%. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, they, they, we, it's going to have to go 180 for it to ever reach Ben with the way things are going, yeah. and uh, I don't see it happening. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Absolutely. I'm buying this episode. Um, I mean, the, the Edge of Extinction scene alone was enough to, to buy it. And I'm actually just scrolling through here through our ratings in a history since we brought this in on the Oz Network because we didn't do this in Survivor Oz days. But this is the very first time in since we've been covering it on the Oz Network that we've had four in a row. Um, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris rented it, but I've done four in a row, so I think kind of that's how it works. But, yeah, that's crazy. That, that actually is really incredible to see that um, here. So um, there we go. That's, that's showing the quality of this season so far. So very, very interesting. And again, a tribal swap always brings entertainment. So I, I feel oh, as though yeah. on paper we should have another good episode next week, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We definitely are, are going to be following certain fates, especially the poverty, the fate of poverty and Rob. Because uh, they, they, if I had to pick anybody... That was going to go from having their backs to the wall to being, you know, the big fish in the small pond. It would be those two if they stick together. Yeah. And the other thing too, actually, and let's get into our listener questions now because the first one kind of really relates into that. And thanks to everyone who sent listener questions in. As always, social media, follow us on those. You'll see who we've got on every single week. David says, swap next episode and Sandra has one more time to use her idol. If she ends up on a tribe with Robin Poverty and they gun for her, she'll idol them out. So it's actually a perfect time right now, isn't it, to be Sandra because... If you think about it, she's safe no matter what at the next tribal council. Very true. Very true. Very safe. And David, thanks so much for, for the question. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I don't, I, I don't see like Sandra, even though she's been talking a lot about how she's, she and, and she's butthurt about Rob not telling her dur- during last season that he's on this season. I just don't see them see them coming to a head. I just don't. Uh, 
Having said that, Sandra is if anybody's gonna go from the penthouse to the outhouse, it would be you know odds on favorably Sandra, because Sandra is right now at her tribe controlling. She got her her adversary out, her big threat in, the, in Tyson. So you can only go down from there. She's 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 the queen bee right now. Mm-hmm. So since you could only go down, that's what's most likely gonna happen. So yeah, yeah it, I think the idol of saver one week, and then what? Very true. Very true. It's it's going to be interesting. I mean, of course, having said that, if uh, whatever tribe she ends up on doesn't lose, and then say the tribal after that, if if it is that sort of three tribe split, there's two say tribal immunities before we get to the merge. She still then would have that idol for the first merge one because it's 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 three tribal councils that she attends, right? So therefore, she could still have that in her back pocket for the first tribal for, of merge. Well, how about this? If she since we're talking about her ending up on a tribe with poverty and, and Rob, like these these tribes are only five big, mm. they could potentially carry her all the way to the merge. Yeah, because just the two of them alone are like challenge monsters. Yeah, and, and whenever you have three tribes, it's the it's the bottom tribe, the last tribe goes to tribal. The top two finishers stay out of tribal, so they could potentially carry her all the way to the merge. So yeah, I don't see. I don't see uh, if, if Rob and Poverty stay together. I don't see whatever the rest of that tribe is made up of. I don't see them losing. Can Sandra win this game? Yeah, yeah, she can win this game. This is an all winner season. But she, you know, for Sandra to win, she does have to make it to the end, obviously. Um, and then, and then, this is a season because it's all winners that is it is going to depend on who she sits next to, because. She, she's not going to have a massive resume. She's going to have just enough of a resume, and then she's a good talker. That even if she has no resume, she's going to make it sound like she has some somewhat of a resume. But it's going to depend on who she sits next to. There, there, there's, there's very few players in this game that can sit next to anyone and win. Mm. And I think uh, we could probably count them all on one hand. Like, let's, let's rattle them off between you and me. Ethan, obviously. Yeah, everybody loves Ethan. Even yeah. though he got voted out, everybody loves Ethan. I think Yule would. I think Yule. Yep. Um, and, who are you? Yeah, thinking? see how few they are. Yeah, see how few they are. Yeah, we counted them on one hand and had three fingers left over. <laughs> see, I think yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? Like it's no, you you're right. Um, I mean, Ethan is the obvious choice, but like everybody else, um, yeah. You can't think of someone who would be guaranteed at the end. I, I I want to say Sandra just for the pure fact. I would love the jury to just be like, "Hey, we want to see a three-time winner of Survivor." Like, you know, that would be kind of a, a cool little statistic. But um, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, if if Rob and Amber made it together, does the third person get it because they don't want Rob or Amber to win? Because but the flip side, maybe they do because they've got kids. They've got like you know five hundred kids. So. <laughs> but again, I know that's not how people vote. Like, it all come down to different aspects of that. It's easy to say that on paper. I mean, God, on paper, Russell should have beaten Sandra and Parvati here as his villains because the other two had already won. But and that's what he thought. But yeah, it's um, you can't tell these things. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good sort of uh, hypothetical to think about right now. So yeah, who? I mean, imagine. I I I don't know. Like, it, it very much probably will happen because this is how Survivor works who will be the zero vote getter at the end and kind of have the goat at the end with the zero vote getter go from being a winner to a, a zero vote getter and survivor. There's an interesting little thing to look forward to. Yeah. If, 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 
if Boston Robin and, 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 and Poverty make it to the end, this will be like the, they'll split the votes between the two of them and one will win by one vote. Mm. Whomever is sitting there, including Sandra, I think would be a zero vote getter. That would just be an insane final three. That is just like a Survivor final three <laughs> wet dream, I think, for all of us right now. But, you know, we all we all came in. There's no disrespect to these players, of course, but we all came in thinking it was going to be like Wendell, Nick, and Ben. And if, if it is, it's fine. Uh, but, like, you know, at the end of the day, that that's like saying, like, a you know, a, a, a two-on-two match that ends up being, you know, Michael Jordan and LeBron James against Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal or something like that. It's unwarped. You know, that's what we all want to go see for a box office. So rather than you <laughs> versus me versus Colin versus Noah or something like that. <laughs> Although we'd be entertaining oh, in basketball, Billy. Come on. <laughs> it would be. It, it would be. I would Charles Barkley the hell out of all of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I would see that happening. Yeah. I'd just, I'd just Dennis Rodman myself and dye my hair pink and, like, marry myself and go to North Korea or something. I don't know. Um Leah says, Sandra has tied Courtney's record of 12 sit-outs in challenges, and one more will mean we can officially name the sit-out bench the Sandra bench. Sandra to break that record since she's guaranteed to make Final 14, playing it next episode if her tribe loses. That's a great... Leah, you've done your research there. I didn't even know that was a stat. So, um, wow. I, I honestly, no offense to Sandra, I thought she would have already held that record, but there you go. Courtney apparently held it before her. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. All this, all this hate for Sandra and uh, Hylia, and, and and it turns out Courtney had the record all this time. Yeah. So yeah, so Crazy. yeah, poo poo on all you poo pooers. <laughs> <laughs> I love this poo poo phrase, Billy. I think you need to use this more often. Poo poo. It's my it's my new catchphrase, right? <laughs> yeah, poo poo on everyone. We're gonna steal that one. Uh, Gabriel <laughs> says, "Is Tyson right with the people?" with connections being voted out. Did Sandra make the wrong move to get Tyson out, especially if the new school winners dominate the game? And they are. Still nobody in the 30s have gone yet. Hmm, interesting, interesting. And uh, who asked this question? I'm this sorry, is Ga- with, uh... Gabriel. Hi, Gabriel. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I, I, you know, as an old schooler, I hate to see an old schooler go. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, having said that, I don't think Sandra gives a flying fig. I think <laughs> anybody who who's a threat to her brings her name up. Got to go right now, if not five minutes ago. Yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't true. think she cares about about where you know whether someone's a new school or old school. They're going to get schooled either way, as far as Sandra's concerned. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. It's actually interesting with that fact too. The the fact that nobody from the the seasons in the thirties have gone. So with fifteen left, what do we have? Like seven winners from the thirties, didn't we? Off the top of my head, because we had all of them with the exception of, of Mike, uh, Chris, and, and Tommy. So um, that's a pretty, you know, nearly half of this field now is from the the 30s, which... Um, well, you know, yeah. you know what that means, though, right? That at some point, it's going to be winners from the 30s apocalypse, yeah. where <laughs> it's just going to start <laughs> dropping left and right. <laughs> it just... Yeah. <laughs> It's it's, it's going to happen. It's crazy. <laughs> but even having said that, like, it's kind of like I get this sort of this old school notion that they've kind of gone. But, I mean, Natalie is on the cusp of the 30s. She was from season 29. Tyson won season 27, even though, yeah, okay, his first two seasons were, you know, 18 and 20. 
And yeah, of course, the Amber Danny Ethan argument, I get that. But um, I still feel, you know, we've got the Rob in the game. We've got the Parvati in the game. We've got, you know, we've still got these players that perhaps, again, we all assumed were going to go very early. So, yeah, while clearly we've got the glaring stat of all these winners in the game, I, I, then they're not getting the airtime, I feel. You know, like we're not seeing Wendell. We're not. See- we're definitely not seeing Nick. Um, you know, and Ben's kind of. We saw. A bit. We saw Nick the most. We saw him was last episode. Like yeah. that 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 bit that they showed him last episode equaled all of the upper other episodes combined, basically. Yeah. So I, I so, yeah, love it if our totally final agree. three is 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 Nick, Kim, and Wendell, like the three Invisibles. <laughs> <laughs> just completely pulling oh, the, uh, the wool uh, over our eyes right now with the edit to kind of really throw it out there, perhaps. <laughs> Yeah, you know what though? I, I'm gonna feel I'm gonna feel a a, a really bad for for a, you know it's gonna happen where where uh, someone's gonna get the Monica Padilla edit where they were not there the entire the entire season basically invisible and then they get voted out. So the, the yeah. Wigglesworth, yeah, Wigglesworth as well. Yeah, no, it's gonna be yeah. definitely gonna be that way. Um, Prudence asks, and I feel like you've probably met the most of most of these people i would say um she asks who from the recent winners oh recent winners i thought she meant from this season my bad uh who have you met personally met from the recent winners have you personally met wow wow uh prudence nice to nice nice to hear from you uh there was this party in new york city uh recently uh christmas party that was thrown by dominic where we had basically the I would say about a third, if not half, of the the previous season. Um, before, while it was still airing, this is before uh, 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 Tommy had had been announced winner, and so uh, so I got to meet Tommy before he was he was announced the winner. Great. Got to meet Chris Underwood. Uh, uh, I've met Wendell many, many, many times. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've you know I, I get around. Uh, I I hang out with a lot of these. Uh, these survivor parties and functions and and whatever else you want to call it uh, get-togethers gatherings so so yeah I, I do tend to meet a, a lot of the uh, the past survivors winners and otherwise uh, having said that uh, you know there, there there really isn't a how do I put it uh, like a, a, a click anymore where you would get all the all the finalists and winners hang out and then all of us early boots would be basically left to, to, to stand against the wall while the music plays and everybody else dances. Like, maybe in the early going, in the early days of Survivor, it was that way. But today, everybody's on, on, a, on a, you know, we're all on the level. So, it's like so 500, it's all good. 590 of you now, so that's a bloody big party. So <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a big party. It's a big party. You know, unfortunately, there is like a, like a handful that are too cool for school to show up to any of these things. So we don't get all 590 of us there, but... Uh, but yeah, they're, the the winners the winners don't act like they're their their crap don't stink. So they're 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 cool people. Can 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 you <laughs> drop us a few names? Uh, who are these two cool for schoolers who you just never see at these events? Oh wow, wow. Uh, um, <laughs> let, let me just You're say, thinking. let me just say, yeah. Now let me just say, one of their names rhymes with pain hours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he's allowed to. Come on. 
he's he's just that type of person that's just you know you excuse him for it you know I see the way I see it, Billy. You are the Kevin Bacon of Survivor. Like you have a you have a Billy Garcia number. You are connected basically somehow or another to Billy Garcia. You are that person in the Survivor universe. Oh, thank you, thank you. Hey, uh, I'll take Kevin Bacon. It'd be a lot worse, man. I could be that 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 uh, dude that's like in all those action movies that's always blown up. You see him, Sean hey, wasn't Bean. he in that other movie? <laughs> <laughs> Sean Bean dying in every single movie, basically. That, that's your role. Um, Fiona says, Rob, after this epo- episode has officially passed 129 days, now has the most Ooh. days. Uh, a record, I think, will not be broken due to Edge in play, and Parvati will still be three days behind him, assuming she doesn't make the final three. Sari needs to return a fifth time and last at least 20 days to beat him since he's already going to have 35 days this season being stuck on edge. I don't think days on edge count, though. Because I don't don't think Aussie... Because Aussie's 128 days, I believe, do not count his Redemption Island days. So... No, otherwise it'd be out of reach. Yeah, and so, I, like uh, it's 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 a line ball. Like I can see the argument, but like it's kind of like how Rob at the beginning of this season was like, "I've been here five times." It's like, well, no, four times. You didn't play on it, um, uh, Island of the Idols. You just sat there and pretended to be building shelter and shit. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think because I, I think we we talked was it last week I believe about how Sandra could technically break the record if Rob and Parvati went consecutively and she won, but clearly that's right. out the window now. So. But, yeah. um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, Parvati, again, still could hold the record at the end of this season, but uh, it'd be interesting if Sari came back a fifth time and, and broke the record. Well, first of all, hi, Fiona. And secondly, I, 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 would, I would put money, like, if, if, it was a, if there was Las Vegas odds on it, I would put money on Sari coming back at some point. Oh, hands out. She has to win. <laughs> like, I mean, again, it would, be a bit, it would be a shame to say that she won on her fifth time, but at the same time, I think it's different to Rob winning on his fourth time because... Yeah, Sari has just basically played flawless game after flawless game after flawless game. You know, here is this villain's slight blip on that radar, but it's still just... It, she's somebody who needs to win. But also, at the same time, she's kind of the easy choice for the greatest player never to have won. Behind you, of course, Billy. So, Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, you know what, man? I'm going to make a prediction here. I'm going to make a prediction that once we hit Survivor 50, which isn't far off, it's only 10 away... We're no longer going to look at it as, oh, they played five times. We're going to look at it as they only played once. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way we're going to look they at it. only won <laughs> once? What are you on? Jeez. Yeah, they only played once. So really, what what, what can you say about their game? Yeah, <laughs> what, what exactly. God. <laughs> they only played once. How do we know they really are that good? <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. Um, Penny on Twitter... Says, hi, Penny. Uh, hi, hi, Penny. Uh, <laughs> says that some of uh, your awesome music will be in Milky Marbles and Pornado. Uh, yes. <laughs> now, now I do need to know about Pornado, Billy. <laughs> yeah, these are these are uh, uh, porn movies that are being made, uh, and uh, <laughs> if you all remember the uh, Sharknado series yes. of movies. Yes. Well, this is like the porn parody of of the Sharknado. It's Pornado. Wow. And, uh, and Forsaken Music is going to be in that in that movie, which is which is a uh, uh, 
it, it tickles us as a band. Like we, we just love the idea. And we, we thought we thought like we're never gonna get our music like in an MCU movie. So, you know, screw it, let's get it in a porn. It's even better. As as many eyes, if not more. Now, <laughs> as many now, ears, if not more. How how does that work? Does do you get contacted by a porn company? Do you reach out to porn companies like, hey, I've just written this great song. I think this would look really great as a two people make love like how how does that work well first of all i would think it'd be awesome if we get our music like in the orgy scene <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck it this is just downright dirty orgy like you know <laughs> but uh yeah they contacted they contacted me personally and uh yeah i i i totally was like yeah i took it back to the band real quick and i was like you won't believe and they thought I was full of it. They thought it was all a joke because uh, I tell a lot of jokes in rehearsal. And uh, they're like, yeah, you know what? If, if there's any truth to it, like, screw it. Let's do it. And uh, I was like, all right, all right. You're going to see. You're going to see I wasn't joking. And uh, it's great. We, we're, we're loving the, 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 the idea of it. Like, to have our song come after, like, think about the playlist, the soundtrack. And is is this like how when you see these movies get made, like say Star Wars, you know, John Williams is there with his orchestra, and you're seeing the the footage of the music, <laughs> uh, the film on the screen, you know, and they're playing the instruments. Do you sit there in a studio as you've kind of got this massive orgy going on, you know, the na 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 na? Wait, guys, I hang on a minute. That doesn't suit the penis going in. Let's try. Try it again. <laughs> you know, I wish it was that way. Unfortunately, it's not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would definitely like. You know, I, I would be like, if, 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 if you know the bukkake part of the, of the video, <laughs> I would be like, that'd be the big, the big, the big throw right there. Where wow. All the all the instruments just suddenly go cacophony. That would be perfect. But, uh, are you, are you nah, officially now yeah. the? the first survivor to be involved in porn since uh, Jenna Lewis and Brian Heideck? <laughs> well, uh, Ozzy did porn before he did oh, Survivor. He did. He That's did right. Yeah. He, yeah, he did foursome. So, uh, yeah. It's a Cook I, Island I I'll thing. See, <laughs> yeah, I'll see Ozzy at the next porn convention in Jersey, I guess. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> I, want, I want people to start <laughs> circulating this now that it's kind of uh, – I want there to be a, a separate page on Survivor Wiki – uh, survivors who have been involved in porn, and then they're going to see the names like Brian Heideck, Jenna Lewis, Ozzy, and Billy Garcia, and they're like, whoa, okay, never expected that. <laughs> Where's the Billy sex tape? So, uh, you know, you just gave me a great idea. I need to buy Ozzy's porn now just <laughs> so I can go get, go get it autographed from him. <laughs> wow. Jeez. That's, um... I want the cover. I want the cover box autographed by Ozzy. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. I, I want to see Pornado. I, 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 um, I, I've got more extra reason. I've got more incentive to watch Pornado. So <laughs> yeah, you know, there you go. We, yeah. we will do a, a recap on the Oz network of Pornado and we will get <laughs> nice. you on, involved to come in and recap Pornado on the Oz network. You tell me how to find it and we will recap it. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. That'll be a blast. I love it. <laughs> this this is getting weird, but I like that question. Uh, final one here from our, well, you know him, Colin Hilding, co-host on this show. Uh, he All says, right, Colin. <laughs> he says, which winner this season is Cobra Kai and which winner is Miyagi Do? Or is it Do? <laughs> Do, you got it right. I got well, right Miyagi Do, it's got, it's got to be Yule. He's got to be Yule. Um, 
Cobra Kai. I think Sandra's been Cobra Kai <laughs> her whole career. Uh, you know, she's she's definitely uh, the type that would get in someone's face and and uh, you know, mercy is for the weak. We did not train to be merciful here. <laughs> you know, Survivor faces you at Tribal Council. He's the enemy. The enemy deserves no mercy. <laughs> I did. I did love. Um, uh, we didn't mention it before with Sandra. Like, I did love Parvati's little sass about let's call it the Sandra bench. But um, I, I do love like Sandra at Tribal Council again, just not giving a shit. Like, this is just what's so great about Sandra. Just she doesn't care. She just drops sass at any single moment. Like the way she kind of like called Sarah out. Like you know, yeah, you did take me out, didn't you? Like just kind of things like that. Like it's just um, it's fun to watch. It is, it is. And uh, I like Sarah's response. Yeah, that's on my mantle. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I love Sarah's preseason interviews where she kind of basically, you know, did this whole comparative ladder about how, you know, she's so good and all this sort of stuff. And I, I like, feel like we didn't talk much about Sarah in this, but I love Sarah. She's just, she just always gets better on every single time you see her on the show. And she's just, she's just such a great player and an entertaining person as well. And I, I, would, I would be very happy with a Sarah win if she, she pulled out a win number two. Yeah, and then we got to bust out the Lois Griffin memes for, for her win. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you kind of have Peter! ruined that for me. Yeah. Peter! <laughs> there's, a, there's a final three, like Tony, Sarah, and I don't know. Let, let's add Nick in there because he'll be the zero vote getter. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Poor Nick. <laughs> poor Nick. I have nothing against Nick. Nick seems like a genuinely nice guy, but like he's he's the purple he's the purple Nick this season. So, yeah. <laughs> Love you, Nick. Um, seriously. Uh, but anyway, Billy, always a pleasure. Um, I really will feel weird saying that when we recap Pornado, but hey, um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll word it differently maybe. But um, I, I'll, as, I'll save all my G-string jokes for, for that recap. Please. I, know, I mean, we, we had we had Poo Poo brought up this episode, so I'm sure you've been sitting on G-string jokes for, you know, eight years since we've been having you on this show. So uh, always a pleasure, mate. Enjoy the rest of this season and, uh, we, we look forward to getting you back on, uh, whether it be for Paul Nato or anything else in, in the not-too-distant future. Sounds awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I always love coming on the Oz Network. It's, uh, it's, uh, one of my, it's, it's not one of my favorite podcasts. It is my favorite podcast. And a massive thanks to Billy there. We always knew that we were his favourite podcast. Come on, let's be honest, we're everyone's favourite podcast. But uh, always an absolute pleasure to have him on this program to talk about Survivor. Next week, we will have another former contestant on to recap it. Who will it be? I don't even know. Let's just pull a name from a hat right now, shall we? Uh, oh, look, it's Greg Buis. No, I'm joking. Um, It would be great to have Greg on. I would not say no to that, but uh, we don't actually know as of right now, but we will during the week, so stay tuned to our social media pages, and we will update that for you as soon as we know for you to get involved. Outside of this, of course, we had an Australian Survivor recap dropping last week with Andy Meldrum from Season 6. Great recap there if you haven't already heard that one. And we have Total Drama Island dropping on a Wednesday with Colin Rossi and Jared. A lot of fun there. Our recaps of movies taking a little bit of a break. Of course, we sadly had the delay of No Time to Die, so therefore our James Bond parody month, uh, well, three weeks realistically, has been delayed indefinitely until later in the year, of course. But our next one will be Bad Movie Month, which will be beginning in April, so uh, stay tuned for that and enjoy a bit of time away from those movie recaps. But we did drop The Castle last week, our last one, of course, so uh, a lot of fun for that one to be had there 
as well. Thank you, though, for tuning in and keep enjoying Survivor Winners at War because it has been incredibly enjoyable. Let us know what you think. Send us a message. Tell us if you're enjoying it or not. Maybe you're one of the few that doesn't liking it. I don't know. We'd love to hear from you. And, of course, while you're leaving us messages and that, why not jump onto iTunes, Apple Podcasts, as it's called nowadays, Ben, Google Podcasts, or any of our other relevant podcast services that we are on. Drop us some feedback. We'd really appreciate to hear from you. And it definitely helps get our podcast spread out there a little bit wider into the community so more and more people can join Billy in discovering that we are the greatest podcast to have ever been invented. Because that's the truth. My name is Ben. Thanks again for listening to the Oz Network. And we'll speak to you next time. Good night. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.